And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Let's go, Lord, in word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord, and I thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your grace, your love. And God, thank you for this time and your house with your people. Lord, I pray you'd be with the ones that uh, could not be here today for whatever reason. I pray you'd be with them, help them. But Lord, thank you for the ones that are here. And I pray for a little while this morning, you'd help us set the world to the side. And for a little while, we would uh, hear from you, God. I pray we'd leave this place with challenged hearts and a renewed fervor in the things of God. I love you, Lord, and I praise you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You might be seated. Thank you for standing to reverence the word of the Lord. Let me say a few things by way of introduction. We'll jump right into it this morning. Uh, many people make resolutions this time of year. Would you agree with me? Many make resolutions or they set goals for the coming year as the previous year comes to an end. I saw something the other day, and someone had made a list for 2023, and on that list it said, eat healthy food. Well, at the end of the year, they scratched off the word healthy, and they just checked off that they ate food. Amen? And, uh, amen. And uh, something about, um, I want to thrive in 2023, and well, they scratched that out and wrote, uh, uh, live, they survived 2023. And the goals may not always come to fruition, but many people make goals or set resolutions for the coming year. This is generally a wholesome thing done in reflection and with anticipation. I, I don't think anybody, hopefully not, makes less of See, how many people I can offend or hurt or, or murder in the new year? I hope nobody makes lists like that. If you do, you need professional help. Amen. But, amen. Uh, uh, but this is usually a wholesome thing. It's done in reflection and, and with anticipation. But it should be noted that the Bible warns us about making vows unto God and not paying them. This is the part where Brother Bill and Brother George would say amen. Uh, God warns us about making vows unto God and not paying them, not making good on them. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 4 and 5 says, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. You say, what does that mean, Brother God says if you make a vow and you don't pay it, God equates that to being a fool. Uh, pay that which thou hast vowed. Verse 5, Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. God says it's better not to set the goal, make the vow, and not keep it. It's better if you do not make it than to make it and not keep it. If you're going to not keep it, don't make the vow. But if you're going to make the vow, you better pay it. I hope that makes sense. I believe making illogical secular resolutions is an entirely unproductive use of one's time. Now, hear me and hear me well. If you go into 2024 and say, I'm going to end 2024 owning 10 pieces of real estate and you only own one, and uh, you're probably not going to end the year with 10 pieces of real estate. I'm going to have a million dollar net worth by the time 2024 ends. 
Unless you fall into some money or rob a bank and you have a negative net worth now, you're not going to end the year with a net worth of $1 million. It would, Brother Jamie, it make no sense to make such a claim. I do believe making spiritual goals is a profitable use of one's time. But again, I give the warning. Don't make spiritual goals and then not follow them, not fulfill them, not pay them, not make good on them. It's one thing to lie to yourself. You're going to give up Oreos. Well, it's one thing you lie to yourself about eating Oreos. It's a wholly different thing when you lie to yourself about walk, lie to God about walking with Him. It's one thing to lie to your it's one thing to lie to your spouse about a decision you're making, but it's something altogether different when you lie to God about a goal. It's altogether different. Having plans or goal for the new year requires preparation and or action, both of which are needed in our lives. I'll give you an example of a goal. Uh, there are some things I'd like to do to our home uh, this year, some upgrades I'd like to do to the home. I can't do all the projects all at one time because I'm not made of money. And Sister Kate, I can't do them all at one time because I'm not a general contractor and my wife would kill me. Amen? Uh, y'all going to laugh at that. But the truth of the matter is i got a project in mind. I, I know I'm going to need a tool. Brother Joe, I want to do some things to the exterior. You know what? I won't need to work on the exterior. I don't need a, a, a snake. A toilet snake, Brother Will. I don't need plumbing tools to work on the outside of my home. Amen. If I'm going to work on the outside of my home, I need things that you do on the outside of the home. Y'all with me? Amen. We need proper preparation. We need an uh, appropriate preparation. Preparations must be made if we're going to have a goal or uh, uh, follow through with a resolute. We must make preparation. We must take action. Before we make preparations and take action, we first must establish a goal. You cannot make preparations for a thing that you have not set your pin on as your goal, as your desire. You say, Brother Jacob, I don't have a goal going into 2024. Can I, can I give you a goal? Can I suggest a goal to you this morning? You can uh, vary it and set your own, but can I suggest one? A goal for 2024 is not just to start 2024 walking with God. How about finishing 2024 walking with God? And I'm not talking about just coming to church. I'm talking about actually walking with God. So uh, I'm going to read my Bible 2024, but are you actually going to learn something from your Bible? I'm going to talk to God in 2024. That's good, but are you going to just ask God for stuff? Or are you going to have a personal relationship where you commune with God in 2024? Well, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be here, but will you actually be here? Can I say something real quick? There's some of you here this morning. You're here, but your mind's out there. You're thinking about lunch. You're thinking about ball. You're thinking about recreation. You're thinking about your buddies. You're here, but you're not here. You better get here. Amen. Genuinely walking with the Lord. I, I, so I, I finished the year of the Lord. I'm starting the year of the Lord. But are you walking with Him? Uh, we, we was watching ball game yesterday. And it wasn't a real good game to watch. I mean, it was, it was ugly. Y'all pray for Florida State. They, they stand in need of our prayers today. Amen. But uh, uh, Tanner always asked, who's the, who's the best player? I said, well, Georgia's best player is Brock Bowers. And he's, well, he's one of the best players in the country. And he said, Daddy, do you know what's his, what's his whole name? I don't know his whole name. 
I don't know his middle name. I don't know him like that. I just know his name from the TV. I know he's from California, and I know his first and last name, but I don't. Can I say this? Can we end? Can we not? We need to start the year and end the year, God, on a middle name basis. We need to know, really know the Lord, walk with the Lord. You say, well, I'm saved. I didn't ask you if you're saved, but are you going to walk with the Lord? And this should be a goal we should all set. If you want this to be your reality, you must take make the appropriate preparations and take the necessary steps to make that a reality. So God's help this morning. I want to preach quickly on this thought. Necessary steps. Necessary steps. I'll give you two things and we'll go to the house. Necessary steps. Number one, let's notice an, an examination of necessary steps. Look what the Bible said here uh, in verse number five of First Chronicles chapter number 22. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. David wanted to build a house for God. That was his desire. That was his goal. That was his vision. That was his dream to build a house for God. But to give biblical context, we must know God told David that he could not build the house of God. He told him that in verse number 8 of this very chapter. God told David, But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly, and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. David had a goal. He, his goal is not necessarily that he build it, but that there be a house built for God. Brother Jamie, that was his desire. God even told him he wouldn't do it. He said, well, God told me I couldn't do it, so I'm not going to do anything about it. No, he made preparations for this to become reality under Solomon's leadership. David wanted it to be done so bad that he wouldn't get the credit. They never called, Brother Joey, they never called it David's temple. No, it was called Solomon's temple. There was never a David's porch, but there is a Solomon's porch. David had a goal, and what he did, he made preparations to make sure that it happened. Can I just run, run around real quick? If you want to, you got a goal for 2024, you better make some preparations to see that it's done. Well, I want to end the year reading 10 books. Well, you better, you can't wait till December to read 10. I want to lose X amount of weight. Well, you can't eat garbage for nine months and lose weight. Amen. I, I'm an expert on that. Y'all with me? I want to pay off debt. Well, you can't live off credit cards for 11 months out of the coming year and get out of debt next year. You must make the necessary preparations so you meet your goal. And if you've got a goal for God, you've got to prepare. Verse 14 of this very chapter tells us, Now behold, in my trouble I prepare for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand uh, talents of gold and a thousand thousand talents of silver and of brass and iron without weight for it is in abundance timber also and stone have i prepared and thou mayest add thereto david couldn't build it but he wanted it done so he he produced gold silver iron brass and wood and stone you say brother jacob what was david doing he was taking the necessary steps to make sure a house for god was built 
There's the, the outcast. I want my house to look different come 2024's end. It's not going to happen, brother. Well, I just think about it and watch HGTV. Some of y'all think that's how it works. You watch HGTV and you get, to, you get a kitchen remodel. It don't work that way. You got you to gotta count the cost. You got to figure out how to do it. You got to uh, take out what you want to take out, put in what you want to put in, and you, you got to see it through. That's the way with any kind of goal. You've got to see it. Through David said, I will therefore now make preparation. You want to uh, do something for the Lord or have a special goal set in your spiritual life for 2024? You don't, you don't start making uh, preparations tomorrow. You make preparations today. Today. Y'all, hear, y'all with me? Today. You got to make preparations today. I want to read my Bible faithfully in 2024. Well, you know how you start. You know how you read your Bible faithfully in 2024 is you start by reading it on December 31st, 2023, and then on January 1, and January 2, and January 3. And you say, "Well, I'm gonna be." You know, a lot of people they get gone home and read the Bible through January, and then they quit when they get to Leviticus. <laughs> Don't be one of those people. Remember I was talking about making setting uh, unattainable goals. You want to be a millionaire by twenty twenty four ends. Look, if you, I'm, I'm not I'm not judging. I'm in the same boat. You cannot and you're not going to end the year a millionaire if you have a negative net worth now. That's right. That's right. Now, I, I'm not an expert on. It, I just know that's a fact. That's a fact. So, brother Jacob, what do you mean? You've got to take the time to prepare. You've got to put some effort in, get some skin in the game, if you will, and work on it. Be diligent in it and. See to it that it comes to fruition. Y'all with me? Well, two of you are. Thank y'all, y'all, thank y'all too for, for being with me. Get involved. Make preparations. Do the work that you need to do. Finish. Finish it. Finish it. Finish it. Don't set unattainable goals. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, maybe it's up somebody. Maybe you're here this morning. You're saying, Brother Jacob, I want to read my Bible. I want to read my Bible in 2024. Can I tell you, can I help you with something? When I first got sold out for the Lord, I was around a bunch of people and they said, man, you need, you need to read eight chapters of the Bible a day. And I said, man, that's a lot. So, you know, I started doing this, I try to read eight chapters a day. I'm, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. And I'm going to tell you something, eight, it's a lot of chapters when you get to Leviticus. It's a lot of chapters. And he said, well, I, I'll just start in the New Testament. Man, some of them chapters in Matthew are like 50, 60, 70 verses long. That's a lot of reading. And then you, and what happened to me, my experience, I got, would get behind on those eight chapters. So the next day I'm trying to eat, read eight plus the four I missed yesterday. Maybe y'all never had that experience. And you say, read it eight chapters a day, you'll read your Bible through twice in 300 days. Twice in 300 days. And then I heard somebody say, well, if you read four, you'll read your Bible through in 300 days. I said, I'll do that. I'm going to tell you something. Some of them verses in Leviticus and Numbers, or the chapters are long. That's a lot of reading. So you know what I said? I had to make a decision in my life that I wasn't going to follow some man's plan. If you don't read eight chapters in a day, that's fine. Don't make it your goal. If you're not going to read six, don't make it your goal. If you're not going to read four, don't make it your goal. Maybe you want to make, God, I want to read the Bible every day. But it's just a chapter. If you make that goal, follow it all the way through. I'm not going to tell you how many verses you've got to read, how many chapters you've got to read, but I do believe you need to be in God's Word. Some people say, I'm, I'm going to pray I'm gonna pray an hour every day in the new year. That's a long time to pray. I think an hour of prayer every day would help all of us. But I'll be honest, I'm lucky. Sometimes I get ten minutes in prayer. 
a day. Outside of nighttime prayers and mealtime prayers. Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. We set go don't Brother Jacob, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give out two thousand Bible tracks in twenty twenty four. Have you ever gave out any? Why don't you start with ten? And fifty. Then a hundred. Y'all okay? Uh, you can't make it unattainable. Notice with me, if you want to turn there, you can. First Chronicles 29. I want to read four verses, or three verses of Scripture out of chapter 29 quickly. On the same thing, David, we're examining what David did. He made preparations for this coming reality. He uh, produced gold and silver and brass and iron and timber and stone. Uh, so why? Because he had his mind set on this goal, building a house for God, that God would not be in a tent, but God would have a physical house to be worshipped in. Look what the Bible said in First Chronicles 29, verse 2 and 3. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold and the silver for things of silver and the brass for the things of brass and the iron of the things of iron and the wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, uh, glistering stones and of divers colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I've set my affection to the house of my God, I have my own proper good of gold and silver, which I've given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the house, for, for the holy house. He said, Brother Jake, why would you read all that? Notice what David said. I have prepared with all my might. He didn't prepare with some of his might. He didn't prepare uh, with half of his might or most of his might. He prepared with all his might. You know what a lot of people do? They give the Lord 10%. 20%, 50%. Get, brother Jamie, they give a little bit of themselves. But God don't want just a little bit of you. He wants all of you. All his might. All his might. You know what a lot of people do? Is they give all their thought. Y'all heard the expression before? You see somebody doing something hard. And I thought about saying it the other day, but I didn't because I didn't want my father-in-law to slap me. Uh, my father-in-law, uh, he works uh, for a mechanic shop, and he was putting a serpentine belt on my truck. And uh, I thought about saying it to try to be funny, but it, it, he was frustrated, and he was already in a bad way about it. And I wanted to say, is there anything I can do? To, uh, anything you, it's, it's saying is, anything I can say or do to help? Well, when you can't do anything to help, you, you would say, is there anything I can say to help? <laughs> and I didn't want my father-in-law to slap me, so I didn't say that. But the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of people who what, they say, well, I won't do it, Lord, but I'll think about it. I'm going to think about reading my Bible this year. I'm going to think about praying this year. I'm going to think about being a witness this year. I'm going to think about really being a sold-out Christian this year. I'm going to think about be obedient this year. You can think about it all you want to. I'm going to eat this bag of Cheetos and think about running. It don't work. I'm going to think about living an active lifestyle. I'm going to think about reading books. You just think about them, brother. Well, don't have, but all your might is you put it into action. 
David gave it everything he had. Why would David go all in? Why would he make these great preparations? Look at the Bible said in verse number three. Moreover, because I've set my affection to the house of my God. Why would he go all in? Why would he make these preparations for a building he wasn't even going to get to build? He was reserving for somebody else to do. He wouldn't even get the credit. Why would David go all in? Because it was in his heart. You're not going to fulfill any goals that aren't in your heart. If someone comes to you or a loved one comes to say, Hey, you know, I'm worried about your health. I wish you'd make some different decisions. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. They can give the suggestion, but it's in their heart. Until it's in your heart, it's not going to come out in your life. This morning, it's in my heart. I want everybody in this room to walk with God. I want you to live the Spirit for a life. But, Brother Jamie, it's in my heart. It ain't going to amount to nothing unless it gets in your heart. And then once it gets in your heart, then you'll give it everything you got. And you say, well, I'm giving it everything I got. Some people have the mindset that they come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, in special meetings, that they're walking with God. That is part of walking with God, but that is not walking with God. I read my Bible every day. That's not walking with God either. It's part of it. I pray. That's not walking with God, but it's part of it. Well, I give my Lord my ears on Sunday. I give them, uh, give, 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 give to Him of my finance and you know, I do this and I do that and I, I seek him when things are bad. Yeah, but everybody does that. That's right. Even God deniers seek God when things are bad. Yes. I give him this and I give him that and I'll help out every now and again. But Brent, he don't he don't want us to give a little bit. He wants us to say, Lord, here's the here's the throne room of my heart and sit on that throne. Our, our church sign said this uh, a church down the road had this uh, sign or, or Maybe I heard somebody say it, but, and y'all have heard me say it a bunch of times. He said, God don't want weekend visits. He wants full custody. And you do that with that what you will. And the, go, uh, the reason he gave it all that he gave because the goal was in his heart. He says goals must be invested in and goals must mean something. I'm going to be personal uh, just for a moment. And y'all just have to bear with me. If you don't like it, just plug yours just for a second. All right. Um, I mentioned a moment ago about being in my heart, but it's got to be in your heart. It can't be somebody else's heart. It's got to be your heart. When it gets in your heart, don't just say, man, I feel really strongly about this. Don't just feel about it. Get about it. Don't just, man, I just, I feel all, I need, I feel like I need to do this. I feel like I need to do that. Don't just feel it. Do it. Put it into practice. First, First Chronicles twenty nine sixteen. The last verse we'll read here. First Chronicles twenty nine sixteen. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. You know what David said, brother Will, after he had prepared all that he had prepared, he said, God, everything that I gave was yours to begin with. Amen. All the effort, sweat, blood, and tears you put into a, a spiritual goal. God gets the credit for everything you gave anyway. You've got to make preparations. We're examining. You've got to make preparations. It's got to be in your heart, and you've got to give it everything you have. Examining necessary steps. Lastly, we'll see, the, we'll see an application of, uh, an examination of necessary steps. But lastly, I want to give an application of necessary steps, an application of necessary steps. What, Brother Jake, what application? 
this, this, this may not register in your mind, but this is kind of how it worked in my mind. I'm almost going to kind of go through a list and go through some necessary steps. Y'all okay with that? And maybe this list speaks to you. Maybe the list don't speak to you. Maybe the next line speaks to you, but I think this list will speak to all of us. All right? So we've examined necessary steps. Now we're going to apply necessary steps. What do we got? As a church. Can I say something? As a church. As a church. We're a good church, serving God, love the Lord, love each other. We're faithful in many areas, but can I say, we could do better. I could do better. You could do better. The choir could do better. We all could do better. Church, we need to get on it. We have room to grow. If we're going to take, and I'm not talking about numerical growth, that's a blessing in itself, but I think God really gets the credit for that. But we need to be faithful uh, inviting people to church and, and praying for the church and praying for the people who do come and worshiping the Lord when we get here and praying that God give you a heart for worship before you get here. We could grow. We could do better. We need to get on it. I'll be light there. I'm thankful that you're here this morning. What about as spouses? As spouses, we need to get after it. We have room to grow. So what do you mean, Brother Jacob? You can read. You can read books. Uh, about being a good spouse, but until you do it, you're not. I've, I've recommended this book before. There's a book written by uh, Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. It's a great book. And you can really, you, I mean, you read that book and you can pinpoint what your spouse's love language is. You really can. But oh, I know my wife's love language, but then you don't practice it. What good was it? I want to be a godly spouse. So you're a good spouse. I want to be a better spouse this year. We can never be satisfied. Well, I, I did good. I was employee of the year, employee of the month. Why don't you try to be even better employee the next month? You see what I'm saying? As spouses, we need to get after. We we have room to grow. You say, I'm the, I'm the best. You know, they give out uh, gifts. You know, world's greatest dad, world's greatest mom, world's greatest husband, world's greatest wife. But the truth of the matter is, is if you ever get to the place you think that you're the best and you stop trying, you'll quickly not be. I, I don't think I'm in 23 as a bad spouse, um, but I want in 2024 as a better spouse. More gracious, more loving, more kind, more uh, caring, more... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pick the right word. I don't want to sound out of the way. Macy's laughing at me. I don't know. I need to do a better job, all right? I need to be better spouses. we got room. Take the, if we're going to do it, we got to take the necessary steps. we got to prepare our hearts to be a better church. We've got to prepare our heart to be better spouses. What about as parents? As parents, we need to get about it. We can't just... You'd be blown away how many books they sell about parenting. Well, first step in learning about being a parent. You don't need to take advice from people who don't have kids. Amen. Point number one. You know, it's amazing. People have all this advice about pastoring they've never pastored. They got all this advice on marriage and they've never been married. And they got all this advice on children, but they've never had children. God's Word tells us how to parent. You say, well, I'm a good parent. You might be the best parent. But if you quit trying at it, you'll quickly not be. 
I don't think I'm ending the year as a bad parent, but I want to be a better parent next year. You know, I got to do, I got to take the necessary steps. I got to be more attentive. I've got to be more involved. I got to make more time. I got to do this better, do this better. Seize every opportunity. You say, well, did you seize every moment? No. Are you going to seize every moment? 2024? Probably not. But, Brother Joey, I want to do better next year than I've done this year. I want to be a better church. I'm going to be part of a better church. I want to. Be add to this better church. I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better parent. I, we got to take those necessary steps. Can I speak to the individual for a moment? Individuals, I've already alluded to this, but to the individual, you're an individual person. I'm not talking about to your home. I'm talking about you as a couple. I'm not talking about you as a unit. I'm not talking about you as a collective body. Can I talk to you as an individual? Individuals, what's the next step they need to take? They need to get busy. Get busy. I've alluded to this already. I've said this numerous times and times gone by. But it, it would blow your mind if you were to go through a Christian book um, sorting on how many books there are about prayer. Prayer, that's a great topic to read. But it's a waste of time if you're not actually going to pray. You'd be blown away by how many books there are in the Christian life. And I've read some really good ones. But if you just read about it and you don't actually live it, you wasted your time. They have books on fasting. It's great, but if you don't do it, what's the point? They have books on witnessing. Good books. But if you don't witness, what's the point? Get busy. Get after it. Can I say, we don't need to live aimlessly. Life, our, our, the Christian life, walking with God, it can't just be, you know, I'm just going to, I just wandered through 2023. Uh, you're not going to wander. If you, I'm going to live for God. Well, you can't wander to 2024. You can, get somewhere, you can get somewhere negative on accident, but you rarely get somewhere positive on accident. If you're going to reach your destination, you're going to have to do it purposefully, attentively, diligently. Don't live aimlessly. That's the individual. Can I speak to the lost person this morning? You're not saved. You're here, but you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. What, what do you need? What do you need? What's your next step? You need to get saved. You need to get saved. And you say, Brother Jacob, I know I need to get saved. Well, it's more than, it takes more than just the preacher telling you you need to get saved. The Holy Ghost of God has to tell you you've got to be saved. And when that day comes and He turns the light on, what you ought to do is run as fast as you can to Him and believe on Him as Lord and Savior. I said this Wednesday night, and we'll say it again here this morning. And some people say, well, you make salvation too complicated. I think they make salvation too complicated. I don't think you add anything to salvation. What the Bible says is what it says. Everybody else was take say, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. No, no, no. The man in the Bible asks the question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He didn't say ask for it. He didn't say it. Did it say join the church? No. Did it say speak in tongues? No. Did it say prophesy? No. Did it say get in the walk baptistry pool? No. Did it say receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? No. It's not what it says. So do good works. It's not what it says. We got to do this thing with your mouth. Nope. That's not what it says. We got to live a certain life. That's not what it says. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It doesn't say nothing about the baptistry pool. It doesn't say nothing about the offering plate. It doesn't say about a communion wafer or communion cup. It doesn't say that at all. It said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and thou shalt be saved. And if you'll believe on Him, He'll save you. Yes. Well, you've got to... Is, is the Bible say that or does the Bible doesn't say that? It says believe. And if you're not saved, your next step needs to be get saved. You say, well, I want to I serve the Lord. You need to be saved first. If you want to serve the Lord, you've got to be saved. I want to walk with God. You've got you to meet Him first. Necessary steps. And don't, can I say to the lost person... Don't live 2024 dangerously. Don't live dangerously. So what do you mean, Brother Jacob? The most dangerous life you can live is not the one who plays uh, Russian roulette. The most dangerous life is not one, someone who routinely drives drunk. And both of those things are stupendously dangerous. I'll say that as, as politely as I can. Horribly dangerous. The most dangerous life you can live is not the one who takes your physical life in jeopardy, but the most dangerous life you can live is to have your spiritual life in jeopardy. Driving drunk can end your physical life, but dying without God will give you spiritual, eternal death. Get saved. Don't live dangerously. Can I say a word this morning to the backslidden? He's like, oh, there, there ain't none here. There ain't no backslidden on my pew. Well, maybe. But I'll be honest with you. I think we all have a little bit of us. That's not as good as it should be. You say, well, you don't know me. You can't speak for me. You're, you're probably right. I can't speak for you. I'm, you say, I'm perfect, brother. Zach, but I already know your problem. You're proud. Amen. Amen. Y'all laugh at it. Uh, y'all get a copy of my book after service, How to Be Humble Like Me, all right? And uh, the backslidden. What are the back, what's the next step the backslidden need to do? Get right. Get right. One thing I cannot understand, I cannot wrap my mind around, and we taught a little bit on, about Sunday school this morning on Proverbs chapter number 30. One thing that uh, Agur was writing when he penned those inspired words was that he didn't under everything in life he didn't understand. He couldn't wrap his mind around some things. He he just he did not could not fathom how some things in life work, brother Jamie, and that they masterfully work. How I mean, but you can't really describe how they work. They just work wondrously. It's just like there was a mighty creator who made these things, and they just he just couldn't wrap his mind around them. Can I tell you one thing? I can't wrap my mind around It's people who know right but choose to do wrong. James says it this way. Y'all, can, I, can y'all handle a verse? James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You might have got around in ignorance for a little while, but once you know what to do and what not to do, and you do those things, it is sin. Backslid. What do they do? Get right. I'm telling you, I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a perfect no. Have I arrived? No. I'm, st- I'm still pressing toward the mark like the Apostle Paul said. But can I tell you, I've lived that life where I've tried to live on the fence, live for the world and live for God. And I promise you, you are the most miserable person in the house. There's part of your heart that longs for the things of God. And then you're still listening to your flesh to follow the things of the world. You are one miserable puppy. Just get right. Just get right. Just get, just get right. Don't live repulsively. I prayed about this, this next one, so y'all just have to deal with it. The Lord told me to say it, so I'm going to say it. Can I say something to the recent convert this morning? Someone who is newly saved, 
in the past months, past years. Can I give you some instruction this morning? You professed faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you some insight, okay? What's the next step you need to take? Well, you need to be walking with the Lord. You do need to be reading your Bible. You need to pray. But can I tell you the first step of obedience that God talks about in His Word that you need to do? To the new convert, what do you need to do? You need to be baptized. Physically, water, baptized. Right back there in that baptistry pool. You say, I don't want to be baptized, brother. I'm saved, but I ain't getting baptized. That water won't take you to heaven. That water will not take you to heaven. It'll make it'll make me it'll it'll, it'll make your clothes wet, uh, but it ain't gonna take you to heaven. It is an outward sign of an inward experience. You've believed on the Lord in your heart as Lord and Savior, and then you get in the baptistry pool and you professed all in attendance that you have trusted Christ as your Savior. So I'm not doing it. I, I'm afraid of water. I mean, you got rabies or something? I mean, I don't know. There's no fear to be afraid of water. Amen. And I, I promise you, a preacher one time wrote a book about all the funny things he experienced. And that this woman, she was deathly afraid of water. And uh, her big fear of the pastor was going to let her drown while she was getting baptized. I promise you, I've never let anybody drown in the baptistry pool. But find the principle in the Word of God. There was a man named Saul of Tarsus. He was a killer of Christians. But one day on the road to Damascus, he met the God of all heaven and earth. He said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. And he believed on Christ that day. You know what he did? The very first thing God told him to do. Just go to a town. You're going to wait on a man named Ananias. Paul, he had a little, his, his conversion was a little special. He was blind. God put scales over his eyes and made it to where he could not see. Aren't you glad that didn't happen to you? Amen. God strict strike you with blindness. Amen. And the very first thing, Ananias is going to come to you. And the very first thing that needs to happen, Paul, is you need to be baptized. And he got baptized in water. Water. So it's not that big a deal, brother. Some people, I, I, I've not had this experience much, but I've heard preachers talk about it. There's some people, they just, brother, I just don't feel a like victory, and I'm just struggling, and my life's not great, and I just something's wrong, and I'm not in sin, and I'm not gambling, I'm not drinking, and I'm not smoking. And, I, I, and they say, preacher said, God, just, have you ever followed the Lord in believers' baptism? Said, well, no. Because that is, failing to follow God in believers' baptism is right off the rip a step of disobe- an act of disobedience. To the God you claim allegiance to. So I didn't know I need to. Well, now you know you need to be baptized. And I encourage you, if you, if you profess salvation and you've never been baptized, I want you to talk, come talk to me, whether it's today or next Sunday, whatever, and you need to follow the Lord and believers baptism. It's the first step of obedience. And you say, I've been baptized. I was baptized as a baby. Can I speak to you just for a moment? That means nothing. You that that what that that that, that act is referred to, speaks of it that is called pedo baptism, pedo as baby a child baby baptism. You don't find that in the Bible. That was invented in a Roman synod. It ain't in the Bible. Only believers are to be baptized. Amen. Everybody all right? You've been saved. You're trusting in Christ. You know you're on your way to heaven. You need to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. If you're here today and you got baby baptism or you're trusting in the uh, uh, baptistry waters or the waters of a river or the waters of a pool or the waters of an ocean to take you to heaven, you need to get saved. That's what you need. Amen. Because the blood of Jesus is the only thing to take you there. Y'all, right, we're going to make it through. Miss Mason, why don't you come? Those are some instructions, some applications. God gave me some necessary steps that 
I think everybody in this room, we've probably all fit in one category or another. He said, Brother Jake, by use plain. I tried to be plain, as plain as I possibly could be. There's things we need to do as a church. There's things we need to do as spouses. There's things we need to do as parents. There's things we need to do as individuals. There's things, if you're lost, there's things you need to do. You need to get saved. If you're backslidden, you need to get right. If you've recently been saved, I think you need to get baptized. Not according to my command, but in obedience to the command of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Miss Macy's going to play. I'm going to close with this. You say, Brother Jacob, you said all that, and you just you put a lot on us. It's so hard, Brother Jacob. It's New Year's, and we're ready for fireworks and a good time and all that. And we'll, Okay, that's fine. I just don't want it. I don't want. I wouldn't want anybody to say this about me. So I don't want anybody to say this about you. Okay? Can I give you something? Well, I might say it's hard. It might sound a little nasty. I wouldn't want anybody to think any bugs were smarter than you. I don't want anybody to say that bugs are smarter than you. Brother Jacob, what are you talking about? The Bible talks about a specific bug. I don't know if you call it a bug. It's got an exoskeleton. But God says something about its wisdom. I'm just preaching. You need to make preparations. Whatever goal it is, hopefully it's for God. You've got to make preparations. You've got to make those decisions. You've got to take the next step. What is that bug? Even the ants. Yep, the ants in your yard have enough God-given wisdom to make preparations take the necessary steps to be successful. You say, what are you talking about? Proverbs 30 verse 25. I'm giving it to you. The ants are a people not strong. The ant is pound for pound. They're pretty strong. They can lift heavy things. Miss Kathy, they can lift heavy things, but I don't care how many ants you got, they ain't lifting me. There there are people, they're not strong. God says that they can do great things, but they're not the strongest animal on the planet. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare. Yet they prepare. Can I say Yet they prepare their meat in the summer. But Joe, you know what the preparation ant makes? They reserve food so they don't starve in winter. Man, all the ants left my house this year. No, they underground. God gave them something that they knew they needed to prepare for down the road. And can I tell you, if you want to make it to the end of 2024 and achieve your spiritual goals, you got to make preparations now. Now for God. What is your goal this morning? Let's stand to our feet. What is your spiritual goal? Do you want to walk with the Lord? Do you want to take those next steps of being a surrendered Christian, maybe God's alerted you of something. Maybe you need to take some steps. I believe we all could have some steps to take, some preparations to make. Why don't you come? Summer coming, Miss Macy's playing. You do business with the Lord.